0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Welcome to the Swell Suite, everybody. Happy MLK Day. Hey, Alanis.
0: Hey, Happy MLK Day to everyone and to you and to all that did service today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's a big march on the mall today. Oh, yeah. I saw a
0: lot of um, different of uh, different colleagues of mine down there through blacks in government and um, some classmates as well. So, mm. yeah, they
1: But I was kind of iced in. <laughs> oh, no. Same. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad the weather, um, you know, was good enough for them to uh, take the stroll, though.
0: Exactly. It was windy. Yeah. It was windy out
1: there. Well, we have a really special guest today, and she's going to make our lives a little more exciting. So, okay. <laughs> so we have Sarah from Galen Glen. She's a winemaker. Hey, Sarah.
2: Hey, thank you for having me. It's my privilege to be with you both. Of course, yes. of
1: course. Oh, man. Are you in your tasting
2: room? I am. I am in our tasting room.
1: Oh, that's exciting. Oh, okay. oh wait. so was- Right. So do you live um, on the property? Yes.
2: I do live on the property. <laughs> oh, man. Good and bad.
0: Wow. Nice. Because I'm, I'm looking at your background, I'm like, wow, bubbly blanc and bubbly rosé. Those would be awfully tasty right about <laughs> now.
2: Yes, they are.
1: <laughs> so, Sarah, uh, introduce yourself to everybody and tell everybody what you do.
2: Um, I'm Sarah. I'm from Galen Glen Winery, and we're in Andres, Pennsylvania, which is just about an hour and a half north of Philadelphia. Um, We're a small family farm winery. We have about 20 acres of vines and produce about 6,500 cases of wine. I'm our winemaker. Uh, My husband is sort of, well, he oversees everything, and our daughter is our wine grower. So we work all together and I live at the winery so
1: I met Sarah initially uh, a few years ago during a Pennsylvania wine tour and I don't remember if you were the first or second stop but all I remember is we can stop here this wine is so good this is like (laughs) the best reasoning I've ever had I don't and I this is my first time having Pennsylvania wine all together and I was so impressed Your wines were spectacular. Oh my gosh. And then I had some sort of reasoning in one of your caves. Oh my God, their reasoning was so good. So uh, kudos to you. You guys do great work. Your wine is delicious.
2: Thank you. That's really kind of you. (laughs) So do you grow um,
0: a lot of different varietals or... Or do you just specialize like in Riesling or which grapes do you?
2: Which, what do we grow? Or- so we mm-hmm. grow, let's see if it's <laughs> a test, if I can name all 10. We grow you do Riesling. Do you do? Yeah, yeah, we grow, a, we have a diverse portfolio. So we grow Riesling, Grunerwetliner, Gewurztraminer. Um, then we also have a little bit of Vidal and Cayuga. In Reds, we have Cabernet Franc, um, Cabernet Dorsa, Zweigelt blau and Chamberson.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. So a lot, you, German, a lot of German grapes. German one, right. Yes. Oh. yes. We specialize you, in,
2: German, in the Germanic varieties, correct.
0: Ha. Oh, excellent. And do you um, do single varietal? Are, so out of all 10, do you bottle all them 100% of those grapes? Or do you use some of those just for blending?
2: Some are used just for blending, yeah. We don't bottle them all varietally. Um, so for example, uh, Zweigelt and Cabernet d'Orsa go together in a red blend called oh, nice. Red German Bastards.
0: Red German Bastards? <laughs> oh,
2: no! <nice>. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, And so we planted our third Red German Bastard this spring, well, last spring, spring of um, last year. But the name refers to when our daughter came back after about 10 years away, I'd say, oh, where are you heading the vineyard? What are you doing today? I'm going to work on those red German bastards you and dad planted Well, I was in Europe. Why did you ever plant them? I'm like, <laughs> oh, so you don't like them. <laughs> They're very challenging to grow. Um, they have you've seen leaves on grapevines well the leaves on these are about the size of a dinner plate they're immense so there's um challenges they're twisty they're just they require some extra effort so when we were thinking about the wine i said i think i'm gonna name it that and she said no that'll never get through the ttb approved (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) that's the wine so we have bottled Zweigelt as a varietal and we also um have done it in a rosé but it Mm. now this wine has become very popular so I don't know you never know what the future brings always in the cellar there's something exciting to figure out
1: how cool is that yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so tell us a little bit of like the story of like how you even got into wine and why German was the, was the style that you guys went with.
2: Um, so my husband worked for a company based in Germany and we traveled to Germany, but not to the most beautiful wine growing regions, but to a region that's kind of similar to here, Rolling Hills. Um, and everyone thinks that that's what inspired us. No, (laughs) his best friend got married and sent us wine from Hawaii. So this is back in the nineties and it turns out it wasn't pineapple wine but it was white wine. And I said, hey, wait a minute. If there's wine in Hawaii and your family farm which is where our winery is based, um, it looks like the part of Germany we had just traveled to. So kind of putting those two things together we were inspired to start the winery. So our winery is on his family property. It's in the family from the late 1830s, but the winery is new. It's only here since 1995. So that's what's got us started, a little trip to Germany. And of course the wine from Hawaii, which was not pineapple. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So what did you guys plant first? Um, We actually planted Chamberson. Some of those vines are still here today. Um, and also, yeah, they were very old <laughs> and I don't know how much longer they'll be with us because they're about the end of their life expectancy. So Shamberson and Steuben. Um The Stuben are gone. Those have been ripped out. But um, since then, we've changed around a lot what we grow. Uh, and with Erin as our wine grower, we've really changed what we grow. She, in her new plantings, she's planted more Gruner, more Cabernet Franc, Blau So she's really shifting what we grow. We're mostly vinifera now, but we still have some of our older hybrid plantings with us. Very interesting. And so what did you do before you became a winemaker? Um, so I was actually a pharmaceutical chemist doing liquid drug packaging. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so everybody knows about liquid drugs right now because of COVID. So the company I worked for, um, has the world market for packaging of liquid drugs. So obviously, vaccines are part of a big part of their portfolio. But that's what I did. And that chemistry, it's liquid chemistry, similar to wine, but I didn't have any winemaking background prior to starting here.
0: Interesting. So, did your um, daughter go to school? Oh, yes. Specifically <laughs> for
2: yeah. my, Okay. Yeah, she has uh, two degrees from Cornell, and then her master's is from Montpellier in France. Oh, nice. Yeah, she's much more educated, much more traveled, um, has been and done a lot of fun stuff. So hopefully you will get to meet her. She's uh, always wine, all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And next, people ask, well, she she helps in the cellar, particularly with blending and um, sort of transitioning our style, but she's outside. So even in this cold, wintry, awful, dreadful weather, she's outside pruning. (laughs) And so she likes to be outside.
1: Wow. So uh, about this time in the winter, like, so what goes on in the cellar right now?
2: Um, In the cellar, not a lot because we don't bottle, uh, let's backtrack. I don't rack or move our wines. They're put into a tank at harvest and they're going to stay there until we're ready to start blending and bottling. So um, I not a whole lot's happening in the cellar. We'll start to taste through and grade our wines. Um, maybe, we've, I mean, we've tasted them all, but we'll start to get really serious about it and end of January, early February and start to, like for Gruner, for example, we have multiple vineyards of Gruner, multiple clones. So we'll look at each of those tanks and decide which ones will become each of the different parts of our collection of gruner Gruner and where they fall in the portfolio. So um, the cellar is pretty quiet right now. Um, The vineyard's in full swing as we're pruning. Eventually we'll be tying down um, and getting ready for the start of the new season. But once the cellar starts, it doesn't stop. So (laughs) once we start blending and filtering, then it's time to bottle and it it kind of like all flows together. Interesting.
0: You said that um, once you put your must into the tanks, Mm -hmm. they stay there. Now when you say- Yeah, so when you say your tanks, are any of your wines aged in oak at all, or?
2: No, um, we're mostly stainless. Uh, We have some of the, if you're familiar with the Australian flex tanks, they're um, uh, a tank that is similar to a two-year-old barrel and we use pieces of barrel in those for oak. Um, We're with Erin now with us. She'd like to transition to some barrels so I'm pretty sure that's coming in our future. If not this year, for sure next year that we start a barrel program and, and do some interesting things with barrels. So yeah, that that's coming. Good question.
1: What makes you nervous right now? Um, I, are you, uh, I know frost is something to fear. Is there yes. a way that you guys are avoiding that? Do you have the big fans in the, in the vines? How are you guys avoiding frost right now? It's really cold.
2: It's really cold. So right now it's temperature and there's really not a whole lot you can do um hopefully our you've been to our site so you've seen it's very sloped so air is even though it's a gas it also moves like a liquid so it flows off our vineyards and down to the lower valleys so hopefully we don't get too cold maybe not below zero and we don't get any big driving winds there's not a whole lot we can do this time of year if we get a big cold snap that, you know, something that slips down from Canada and heads all the way to DC. We're gonna get that. Hopefully it stays away. Anything else you have to be concerned about during this time? Uh, Any other challenges? Ice is not a good thing. Um, That can hurt the vines, but mostly this time of year, we're worried about really cold temperatures. Um, We're not looking forward to any of those happening. And with global warming, it's so unpredictable it's warm, it's cold, it's hot, it's dry, it's windy, it's, you know, it's everything. But so far this winter is off to what I would consider a very normal start. So that's good. What is your
1: favorite part about being a winemaker?
2: And what is your least
1: favorite part?
2: My favorite part is sensory. I love smell. I'm like taking a dog somewhere because I'm always sniffing, smelling. Everything I'm always—it's like, yeah, true. I smell everything, um, and I don't like fake scents. I don't like anything scented at all. Soap, shampoo, nothing. Um, I like sensory. So for winemaking, the smell part is my absolute favorite part. And figuring out how to blend and make the most um, with what's come from our vineyard into a wine that, when you put it in your glass, it just explodes with aroma. Um, so that's what I love. What do I hate? The paperwork. In fact, I'm doing it now. Yuck. (laughs) (laughs) There's no fun in all the paperwork as opposed to being a lawmaker. It's so boring and dreadful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So where, where does all the paperwork go?
2: Um, so there's federal paperwork, there's state Uh, paperwork, there's sales tax paperwork. Oh, um, there's just, a paperwork trail that's honestly you know boring mm. i mean every job has some form of paperwork for yeah. winemaking or a controlled substance so how much wine did you make is it in you know where is it is it done fermenting can you declare it as wine or is it still fermenting and then when do you pay the tax and all of that sort of stuff so it's not any fun it's just a necessary and at the end of the year we kind of reconcile everything so we're mostly through all of that so that's paperwork too so not fun. Mm. I'd much rather smell things. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> Stinky things. <laughs> Anything but paperwork. It has not, not very much smell.
0: Yeah, because uh, Pennsylvania is notorious for um, its different wine and liquor laws. So oh, I'm yes. I
2: yes, can we have. Mm, yes, they're, yeah, they're not only federal, but state as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're unpleasant. But
1: part of being in Pennsylvania. How have you guys been doing during the pandemic has
2: um, has that affected you at all? Um, well in Pennsylvania we've had a lot of rule changes so our tasting room I now say I need a map to know what is where because our bar has been changed tables, chairs like everything has been rearranged and shuffled I can at one point we did takeout out of windows I mean well you know we couldn't have people so I feel like we now because everyone comes here with different expectations we now have ways to offer you multiple experiences depending on how you feel about COVID um so I feel like that's kind of been settled in um the hardest part we have a lot of restaurant partners so that was really hard to watch as they close Mm -hmm. or Went to take out or couldn't they we're in pennsylvania so they couldn't sell wine there were just all these crazy things that happened so now a lot of them are back and strong and doing really well so that's been exciting to to watch them rebound and some of them have reinvented so that's been really really nice to help and watch and support that so yeah COVID is here
0: so <laughs> this so the state did not adapt or adjust a little bit um, during this COVID time for like restaurants. And um, I guess more, more to say like restaurants because in Maryland, um, I know restaurants were, they had takeout. Mm-hmm. So beer and wine could be takeout as well. So did Pennsylvania not allow anything like that? If it, was it just food? or what or, or did these restaurants just you know close because of volume you know they didn't get as much um, traffic to it, them.
2: it was probably a combination and for takeout you had to have a special license and well how do you get a license during covid you can't <laughs> so uh, yeah so yeah um, okay. but a lot of them they did allow to go mixed drinks so there was some, a lot, the clever ones and the creative ones made it work. And, you know, most of our partners are back and stronger than ever because they figured out how to, just like we did, how to adapt as challenging as it was. Yeah. So it's life now. For those who don't
1: know uh, or have never had Pennsylvania wine, uh, what can you tell them about Pennsylvania wine?
2: Pennsylvania is diverse. So I don't think... Pennsylvania has, it's a big state, so I don't think one wine can sum up Pennsylvania. So I think if I was a guest visiting Pennsylvania, I'd look to wherever I was visiting to kind of guide them. Um, We're a little cooler locations, and we specialize in aromatic whites, cool climate reds. South of us, it's a little warmer. So you're going to have bolder whites, maybe some of the Bordeaux varieties, and bigger reds. Um, but I think Pennsylvania right now, if you made me say one word diversity, because it's a big state and there's lots of different regions and we're a young wine growing state too. So we're trying to figure out what works. And as we explore that, there's a lot of fun diversity. Excellent. Excellent.
1: So we just have a handful of closeout questions. Um, they're pretty fun. Oh, um, good. Yes. I like <laughs> so it's only five and the last one is just for you but we'll answer uh, all of them together okay first question okay what is your favorite small talk topic
2: well this is not going to come as a shock I like (laughs) to ask people what wine region do you like to drink from
1: oh nice and
2: yeah because I want to hear where do you like and you can name anywhere in the world so where do you you know what wine region and you know I don't drink just our wine. I drink a lot of other wines. So I just had this conversation with a restaurateur and it was really fun to hear like he liked very different wines. And I, that's a way to learn. And also my favorite topic, wine.
0: <laughs> wow. yes, what about you? I think uh, mine kind of rolls into the other. So I think mine starts off with travel
1: mm. Ooh.
0: and travel. My travel rolls into, somehow it goes back to wine because I did a lot of traveling to wine region. So Mm -hmm. so travel Mm. (laughs) is the start of my small talk.
1: Yeah. You know, when I worked in the tasting room, my small talk always started with the weather. And I mean, that's an easy one. And so weather can also turn into travel, which turns into wine. And then mine always ends with food. So once we talk food, then that, then I'm a happy camper. I've got you in the palm of my hand. So yeah.
2: Yeah. (laughs) He doesn't love food, food, wine, and travel, the three essentials. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: My food talk would be
1: short. (laughs) 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 Okay. When was the last time you said, I don't know what I'm doing?
2: Uh, right before I got on here, my husband's like, so we're going to put a bathroom faucet in. I'm like, what? You realize I have to be at this, like, well, open up this direction and start reading. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never installed a bathroom faucet. Now you want me to read the instructions? He's an engineer, by the way. I'd like to point that out. I should not be reading the instructions, but I read the instructions and we It's gorgeous. Wow. Okay. One down, four to go. Wow. <laughs> so right. literally, I right was I don't know what I'm doing. It worked out. I got water in a faucet. Awesome. Gladys, <laughs> uh, what about you?
0: I am thinking. I'm like, oh my gosh, it must be. Uh, you know, it must have. It had. I, I can't pinpoint something that specific, but ten to one, it was something um, related to technology of some sort.
1: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um. So mine was. Um, I went to, I went back to work after a vacation on January 10th. And when I logged on, I was like, oh, I don't even know what I'm, my password is anymore. I don't want to know what I'm doing. <laughs> I had so many emails. I was completely lost. I was like, you guys are going to have to give me a few days because I don't know what I'm doing. All right. What is your favorite type of popcorn?
2: I, there's a restaurant near us that makes truffle popcorn. Oh, they serve it at their bar. It's a, I mean, he's a James Beard chef, but crazy. But yeah, if you get a seat at the bar, you get truffle popcorn. So wow. yeah, i tried making my own. It's not as good as his, but you know, this is really amazing. So <laughs> yeah, that's definitely my favorite. Oh, wow.
0: My favorite popcorn. Well, I pop my own popcorn on the stove.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fat, oh fat, yeah, fat. yeah. Uh, absolutely.
0: A little bit of oil kernels. Yep. Shakey, shake. A
2: shake,
0: yeah. Yep. Like, if you put it to mind, like old Jiffy, but it's not the Jiff,
2: yep. Jiff yeah. container. Yep, yeah, make that too.
0: <laughs> but yep. I add, and you mentioned truffle, what I use is um, Trader Joe's has this garlic salt grind combo, which is so good seasoning. And I put that on everything. So I put that, black pepper, and I have a garlic truffle seasoning that I Ooh. put and shake it. And that's my oh. combo. Oh. That's that's my favorite popcorn.
2: Send me some right
0: through the... I just had a whole thing last night. I'll probably pop some tonight as yes. well. That sounds um, really good. Yeah. To watch um, Bachelor.
1: Uh, um, so my favorite is probably Garrett's with the cheese and the regular and the mix. Oh, the cheese and the uh, the, the caramel mi- mix. Yep. Well, I, I the have to eat them mix. together. Uh, chicago style i have to eat them together oh, wait, so wait what's this it's, it's so cheesy. garrett's garrett's popcorn it comes in a big tin and so they make all different types of popcorn but you can get several different kinds in one tin so i get i get them all mixed so i get the the caramel the cheese and the regular all together and i have to eat each kind together so that's Ooh. my favorite yeah
0: yeah, that's Chicago mix. Yeah. You had the regular, that's a different, but the Chicago, the caramel and cheese is their classic Chicago mix, which is- yeah. cool. And it tastes so good. It's if so you good. get it fresh in Chicago out of yeah. Garrett's. hmm Yes. Sweet and savory.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Oh exactly.
0: <laughs> mm. Fattening as hell, but it's good. Oh, it's so good though. It's so good.
1: <laughs> so, And Neither. actually, and Trader Joe's had a version of that. And I got hooked on it. I don't know where it is now. I haven't seen it in a while, but they also had like a Garrett style bag popcorn. It's Ooh. it's pretty good too.
0: I'm glad I haven't. I don't even go down that aisle. <laughs> I don't do it because I have no self control. It's a trial. <laughs> <laughs> Let me stick with my, I know how many calories in the popcorn. I pop on my stove and
1: that's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question What was your first purchase in 2022?
2: So it's a tie I had to buy a new iPhone my iPhone is really old okay but so that's okay. you know I bought the new it's all you know and then uh I bought an old-fashioned pipette old oh. <laughs> so okay high-end right. high technology <laughs> and really old <laughs> squeeze like you had in chem lab yeah. because um I do a lot of my own lab analyses at the wine cellar and my daughter is my I call her my lab rep so she said, the rat is quitting unless you get me a new 1985 pipette bulb because that's how all you know how to use because you're old. So, <laughs> and, and, so from Amazon, I bought an iPhone and a pipette bulb.
0: <laughs> oh my god. I don't know. I, yeah. this, this in the house thing, I'm always buying something. You yes. have to go in here and look to see. You're like go on my bank account or the credit card. Let me see what's the first thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh my God! The first thing in twenty twenty two, this nineteen days, I probably bought something every damn day. I don't <laughs> know. <it's a> <laughs> but another question could have been, what was the last thing delivered
1: to my house? And that. Okay, well, tell her. tell me that. Tell us that. Christmas
0: pajamas for next year because they were on sale at Gap.
1: <laughs> Just got them off the stoop. See
0: how easy that was?
1: Very smart. <laughs> well, <I can't>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very very smart. Um what were my So I bought a few things um at the new year. So I bought a pen, a, a pack of pens because I ran out of pens. Um uh, working at home. And then I bought a really big thing of quinoa because I couldn't find any in the grocery store. Hmm. Um and I bought my favorite brown rice ramen. Um, I couldn't find that either. So I found those three things on Amazon and that was delivered. So
2: yeah,
1: yeah. not very exciting at all, but.
2: <laughs> I like the pajamas. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. right, right.
1: <laughs> I had to, because I had to I had to buy matching a
0: set for me and a set for my mother. So I'm like, okay, there were two cute sets. And I was like, oh, let me get one of each for me and her. That's and such I'm a like, good idea. Just get them now.
2: Why do y'all sell? Yeah, it's a really good idea. And yeah. we had one of our staff do their whole family, all like extended family. I don't know, twenty of them in Christmas pajamas. It uh-huh. was the cutest. Wow. Yeah. yeah, like I should tell her, buy them now. Because yeah, <laughs> buy I, twenty pairs. <laughs> <laughs> buy them now. Yep. Really cute. They, look, they just. Oh, they look so cute. I saw yep. a picture of them all. So good idea.
1: Yep. All right. So the last question is for Sarah. If the first lady came to your house for dinner. So this question came from Blackish. So on the first episode of the new Blackish season, Michelle Obama comes to dinner at their house. So anyway, so I was wondering if the first lady came to your house for dinner, what would you serve? What food would you serve? And which one of your wines would you pair with it?
2: Am I serving her? I mean, if she was coming to my house, I would serve her multiple courses. Okay. So I would do probably crab cakes i make my own crab cakes nice. even though i can't eat them you can't eat them why not that's the same reaction i was like first of all your crab cakes are amazing and you can't eat them i'm like well i'm highly allergic so no oh no that's <laughs> but terrible. it's okay no it isn't because my family and all of my friends intervene on my behalf and eat them all okay so, <laughs> yeah so I would do crab cakes and our stone cellar riesling. I would do little crab cakes with an appetizer, stone cellar riesling, because I'd probably be too nervous to eat. <laughs> and then I'd be like, well, I can't eat it anyway. So <laughs> I'll have a glass of wine. <laughs> and then um, I'd do something that I love, risotto, asparagus oh risotto. Yes. Oh, I love risotto. So um asparagus risotto, my all-time favorite. I make risotto all the time, but that asparagus I would do with Gruner Vettliner. That would be kind of the main. And then for dessert, um, I think I would change it up a little bit. We have an Amish cheese maker who does an aged goat cheese. Um, So it's just stronger, more, it's a little dry. um, And I like that with Cabernet Franc. So instead of sweet for dessert, Cabernet Franc and goat cheese. Oh, nice, very nice. Yeah. I'm
0: coming to your house. I'm I am like
2: all of that. <laughs> I there's, love to cook. There's no liver
0: pate. There's no dove, <laughs> No, 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 no. 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 <laughs> no, no. we can do that. that. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't change up the menu. Don't change up the menu. That's fine. I like the way. you Okay,
2: <laughs> okay. we can it's, please. I love to cook.
1: Oh, that, that sounds so good. really good. Yeah, it yeah.
2: Is. I love to cook. That's. <laughs> So who
0: do you, okay, I know that question was for you, uh, but I have a second part to that question. So since you're allergic to the crab, you know, Uh most chefs taste their food before they put it together, you know, before they serve it. So you have a taster for
2: your crab cakes? I do, but I'm always auditioning other tasters. Okay, (laughs) And um, I learned to make my crab cakes from a chef. So from one of my friends, she owns her own restaurant. um, And I'll tell you the surprise secret ingredient, which everyone's like, no, Ritz crackers.
1: Oh, sure. Mm. Yes, Yes. makes sense.
2: Yeah, they're savory, they're a little salty. Um, There's other things go in it, but. Yeah, whenever you see the Ritz crackers come out, you know, I'll make you crab cakes.
1: That makes a yeah. lot of sense because I have friends who grew up near Ocean City and their family tradition is to um, bread their oysters when they fry them in Ritz crackers. Mm-hmm. So now that's what I do. But yeah, that totally makes sense.
2: Yeah, yeah. That would, Yeah, I've never, well, I bake things in, uh, I, yeah, I bake things in crab cakes in like a, um, a chicken cordon glue that's rolled in, uh, in crab in, um crackers mm. so that makes yeah a little Ritz crackers a little bread make your own panko roll that together yeah you no know, Ritz crackers are pretty multi-purpose
1: yeah nice I
2: love it I know from wine to Ritz crackers wow there you go <laughs>
1: <laughs> so before we go please tell everybody where they can follow you and
2: find Galen Glenn well um at Galen Glenn and we, you can find us online on our website. Um, look for Galen Glen. Um, <laughs> is it know. two ends?
0: Is it for me? so? So is it two ends on
2: Glen? It's one. So it's my, my husband is Galen, G A L E N, and then one end for Glen, um, which refers to the shape of our property because we our our land is a glacially carved Glen. So we've got vineyards at the top of the, Glen is like a little U. So vineyards on one side of the U, the wine cellar in the valley, and then vineyards on the other side of the U. So that's where Glen comes from, yeah. Nice.
1: Wow. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us
2: today.
0: Thank you, we truly appreciate
2: it. Oh my gosh. I'm gonna be (laughs) popping popcorn. And trying to get some sweet, savory, cheesy, caramelly Mm -hmm. with a little bit of truffle on the side. There you go. There you go.
0: Totally savor that right now. All that yum. Mm -hmm. Yum. Mm
2: -hmm. Could be appetizer, dinner, dessert, all of them. (laughs) There it is. There (laughs)
1: There it is. I love it. I love it. Exactly.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me. It was my privilege.
1: Of course. You're welcome. It was Anytime. a pleasure. Yeah, next time you uh, come back to talk to us, you'll have to have your daughter with you. Oh, oh yeah. That'd be fun. Like,
2: she's my IT person. She actually set this up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have, a, I don't have a laptop, so she's like, here, use <laughs> my IT person. I
1: love it. Well, you have a wonderful night. You have too. a great evening. Stay all warm.
2: You as Bye. well. It's winter. Good night. Good night.
1: Thanks for joining this Rail well, Sweet, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're in the D.C., Maryland area and you want to find Galen Glen Wine, I can always find a bottle at Crescent Wine and Spirits. That's on Annapolis Road in Bowie, Maryland, and it's right next door to the Harris Teeter. So that's just an FYI. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and rate us five stars. Cheers.